0: Hey everybody, happy 4th of July, and if you're listening outside of the United States, please take a moment to enjoy your independence from England. Unless you're not independent from England, in which case, please consider using the 4th to instead celebrate Dependence Day. Of course, I think this is coming out on the 5th, but uh, fuck it. Take this advice next year We've got more great episodes coming this summer But for now I'm taking a break for family And fun and I'm rejiggering our production Workflow to incorporate the talents of our New executive producer Bobby Jean Missick in the meantime here's an Excerpt if you want to call it that From a recording with the incredibly Prolific linguistic genius that is Mike Kaplan we recorded a Full two and a half hours on a wide range Of topics which was a great conversation But it didn't really like fit the format Of the show However, there's so much good comedy craft knowledge coming out of his mouth, it would be a shame not to release this in some way or another. So please enjoy Mike Kaplan sharing how he approaches presenting a minority opinion and an in-depth explanation on both his process and attitude for generating new material. And if you don't know who Mike Kaplan is, you should. Mike Kaplan has done all kinds of things. He's been on almost every single late night show. He has many albums and specials out. He's been on America's Got Talent, Last Comic Standing. This guy is so great, and we were lucky to have him in our recording studio, a.k.a. My Living Room.
1: Mm. Come on. Let's talk about sex.
0: We're going to start off with a bit by Mike Kaplan. What? And it's called Open Relationships and Tigers. And that's from Meat Robot. True. From 2013. I'm just looking for the one. Like everyone, I'm just looking for the one who will let me be with others. That's
2: all I want, right? I don't know if you guys are monogamy people. If you like monogamy, clap your hands. Clap your hands, monogamy people. But only your two hands forever. Just those two hands. (laughs) Now, non-monogamy people, clap hands or slap high fives or slap your dicks together. Whatever you want to do, have a great time. Get some STDs, call them sexual
0: touchdowns.
2: (laughs) Monogamy, if you're doing it today, congratulations. I really think it's the hardest that it's ever been. I respect you. It was way easier back, like, say, in biblical times when God gave it to Adam and was like, Adam, you can only be with one other person. And Adam was like, well, there only is one other person, so... (laughs) You're just saying, don't be with the animals, is that all? Shit, I got it. I'm pretty... I mean, they're naked, so like, if God didn't want us banging the animals, why did he make them so naked, am I right? I'm not right, I get that one, I'm not, right. I'm, not right. I'm not right. I'm not right at all. Used to be way easier. Like, before life was longer, before there were more people, before Facebook. Used to be there wasn't even a book, or faces, you know, it was just amoebas. Amoebas didn't have multiple partners, they didn't have any partners. Amoeba would just asexually reproduce and Amoeba was all alone. And it would just be like, I'm just going to jerk off and then it would jerk off and then come another Amoeba. <laughs> It'd be like, I'm lonely. Well, oh, there's a friend. Great. That's, <laughs> That's the beginning of life, I believe. <laughs> but monogamy, it used to be easier because, you know, hundreds of years ago, you'd meet your love and you'd be like, let's be together till death do we part. And then death could get you next week via tiger. You know what I mean? That was it. <laughs> now you could get married. You'd be like, Ah, until death do we part. You'd be like, 20 years, 40 years, 80 years. Eventually, you're like, Where's that tiger? I <laughs> was led to believe there'd be a tiger eventually. And where are the tigers today? They are eating gay magicians. That's what's happening.
1: Today.
2: <laughs> Wrong people. Gay people can't even get married in most places of this country. And plus, the tigers now are better magicians than the magicians are because the tigers are making magicians disappear. <laughs>
0: great <laughs> trick
2: tigers that's all i'm saying that's all i'm saying pretty silly thing to say pretty
0: oh, hold god. on i just want to stop it for a moment I, it's oh god uh i know by the way i do know this uh, part of the process can make people uncomfortable listening to their old stuff but nope. i was happy to see you laughing at your own material i legit <laughs> don't remember all of these
2: jokes yeah uh, like if i if you asked me what was going to be on that track. Like, I could have told you some of it, but I definitely would have missed some, like some of it was like, oh, that amoeba thing. That's like, now I'm like, that's oh yeah, great. That yeah. was me. <laughs> uh, but uh, also I, I really like, uh, here's like a, a very positive uh, aspect of this is that now, as we record this in 2018, mm-hmm. gay marriage is legal everywhere. It's yeah! so weird to think about, you know, yeah. that there was a time so recently yeah. uh, that I, I mean, that's me, me, mm-hmm. me living my life. And having my comedy experiences that mostly gay people
0: couldn't get married. Yep. And so, yeah. thus that joke was only possible then. Yeah. <laughs> it's interesting, going back to your material, I definitely saw evolution within that. And you, listening to your material, you sort of get to see evolution of society because of what you're commenting on now versus then. I remember my first album I recorded in 2009, mm-hmm. uh,
2: and Obama had just become president, mm-hmm. and I had a joke about his inauguration and so i on the album remember explicitly thinking like in obama's inauguration i think i said in obama's first inauguration i hope there'll be another one you know something like looking forward optimistically like i hope that for the sake of the country and for the sake of this joke having greater longevity (laughs) this this joke will continue to manifest uh
0: resonance and relevance for uh, the next eight years as opposed to just four i want to talk about some of the technicals and i also want to talk about positivity within this and as we go through this we're going to talk about let's both your material and we're going to talk about positivity as a theme i understand yes (laughs) i I have the the worksheet in front of us tells me uh my favorite
2: part of it so far is during this segment uh in parentheses at, during play the bit, feel free to laugh on mic. <laughs>
0: oh <laughs> I had to say that. Are
2: we allowed to?
0: Because would
2: uh, be ask. It's funny though, because and an going back to when I read this before we had started listening, I was like, "Am I going to laugh at my own jokes?" And the answer is apparently, yeah. yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I forgot. Uh, I'm I was a different person then. Different. Yeah, I forgot you were very brilliant. <laughs> molecules. Uh, I mean, I knew that, but uh, <laughs> I didn't remember how. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I did a magic trick on myself
1: with that those magic trick jokes. That points a <laughs> How quickly you write and turn over material yeah. if you're forgetting bits that were that great. <laughs> like, huh. wow, Jesus. So, so, I appreciate it. No. I, I
0: think you use a technique here to talk about polyamory. Mm-hmm. And you do it in a way that comedians, it's very common. If you want to be positive about a subject, uh, a really good way to do it is to be a negative about other people's negati- negative opinions about that subject. Mm. Yes. I, I would even add it. an interesting thing is
2: that at the time I didn't identify as polyamorous as I do now. I have I was at the time a an open relationship person, mm-hmm. which is one way to put it. Right. Or I think in the joke, I actually specifically say, you know, like monogamy people clap your hands right. and then non monogamy people. Right. It's so like non monogamy as defined by, you know, just in opposition to like because there's uh-huh. so many there's. In, one, in some ways, only one way to be monogamous. You're mm-hmm. one person, you find another person, and that's what monogamy is, mm-hmm. uh, for the most part. Uh, mm-hmm. Maybe I'm wrong. But uh, non-monogamy could manifest in you know, a three-person relationship, a four-person, any number of people in one relationship, or it could be uh, polyamorous couple where each of the people have different partners yep. uh, on their own or they date other people together mm-hmm. or they're just you know socially monogamous but sexually non-monogamous maybe they're swingers maybe they
0: go to you know sex parties maybe they go to orgies maybe they only have threesomes together like there's so many different even, ways mm-hmm. even or there's in the uh, dan savage uh version like uh, uh his, monogamish, his yeah. monogamish where they they adopt and claim the identity being monogamy uh yet still practice non-monogamy they just don't tell the people who would want to know Mm-hmm. Uh and they tell some of the people. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they don't tell all the people who would want to know. Yes.
2: Uh and yeah because obviously we we live in a society where, you know, certain Certainly there's like no You could probably get fired From many jobs Mm -hmm. Like say if you're You know a teacher If you work If you work in certain Fields Like they might have Like even like morals Quote unquote morals clauses Mm -hmm. In place where People associate You know One to one Sexual And you know Romantic And legal Married connection As like the utmost That that is what Everyone is meant to like That is what everyone Is supposed to want Like what I want I don't want I don't need for everyone To be non-monogamous I don't need for everyone to be or the positive version in some kind of openness, some kind of open relationship. I do want everyone, uh, possible to live the way that they want to live Mm -hmm. in honesty and openness and being communicative with them, being honest with themselves about who they are and what they want, being honest with a partner, multiple partners, Mm -hmm. like however many partners that you have or want, how many, however many people you engage with in your life, whether they're, you know, friendships, business partnerships, acquaintanceships, like romantic connections, like sex partners, love partners, like Mm -hmm. it's just... It's good to have everyone be on the same page of whatever the book is. Like to yeah. know this is the book, these are the pages we're on. Uh, And whereas society In general often will present Like this is this is the playbook that We're all going by here Mm -hmm. and then For a while like didn't include You know gay people uh, being able to do what They want to do trans people being able to do What even identify in the way that uh, They want to identify Mm -hmm. uh, And not essentially you know America is meant to be based on You know freedom and equality For all uh, but Sometimes the the rule you know originally That was not including black people not Including women, women. and yeah. so you know we're on this hopefully positive i, I mean so far positive trajectory forward overall, mm-hmm. where you know black people can vote now, women can vote now, uh you know gay people can marry now, uh and we're we're sort of in the midst of all of these things. I read all that stuff, yeah yeah i was i, I, I saw an article about that, oh, yeah, that makes sense yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah we're, we're we're on our way yeah. <laughs> uh, in all of these ways, but there are obviously still always uh you know I, I guess in this. Back to the the topic of the bit, uh, open relationship people. It's that is maybe potential. At least the structure of your relationship is certainly a choice, as opposed to you know something that's part of your. uh, Some people actually do believe. I would say I don't know if you consider uh, polyamory as part of your identity or as just a thing that
0: you do rather than a thing that you are. Mm -hmm. I tend to just look at behavior as opposed to identity. Sure. And so if like a biologist. Or uh, like an alien biologist were to look at my behavior um, and also the way I talk about it, they would probably say, "Well, that is a polyamorous." slash non-monogamist um this is someone who both uh, both uh both his behavior is such that he says okay uh i'm gonna i feel i'm capable of loving multiple people at the same time um and i also uh am someone who engages in non-monogamous behavior as well some would say like i don't know if you've read the book sex at dawn by christopher ryan where he talks about
2: you know the human species as itself overall anthropologically speaking non-monogamous yes. that, that most people who want monogamy and choose monogamy and like some people might feel it deep into in their bones they're like yes yeah. I really only want this mm-hmm. but part of it could be mostly just a societal construct yes. uh, mm-hmm. that everyone sure there may be there may be reasons to choose uh, mm-hmm. to want to be only with one person you know that there are certainly benefits to that uh, but that most Dan Savage would say like most people seem to be if you're choosing if you're choosing monogamy then right. that's the that's choice. choice right yeah. uh, and people are people are allowed to make that choice yeah, like yeah, I yeah. want people to do whatever they, if you want to choose to be monogamous I want you to do that with somebody else who mm-hmm. chooses to do it and I think Getting to do it like actively and you know, not just accepting it's fine to do what society says to do if it's what you want to do, yeah. Uh, if it, it's also fine to do it if it's not what you want to do, but I want, I want you to do what you want,
0: right? Yes. As long as it's not hurting yourself or others. So, when you decided to start talking about this on stage, yes, um, I, I, it's from my own experience, I know it was I, I had times where I was a little too attacky. Um, and i didn 't want to be that I think you achieved you didn 't make fun of monogamy. What you did is you made fun of the practice of monogamy as natural right sure, and like took it to its fun logical extreme <laughs> the most monogamous is uh is an amoeba <laughs> yes yeah if you, if it's if you don 't
2: if you think it 's like uh like the idea of I, I would call it Potentially like slut shamey to be like being With more people being uh, What's the word promiscuous being mm-hmm. some People think that that is bad to Do mm-hmm. uh, which you know Maybe and if you go back far enough in Society like there might be things That you do value or things that you don't value That go along with this but you know If if a woman has Sex with many men uh, and then she is pregnant and in a society where it is, you know, valuable to know who the father of your child is so mm-hmm. that they can participate in the you know, raising of the child mm-hmm. in at least the finance of the child. Like there's a practical matter of like, oh, if you don't know who the father of your child is, then then you might not be able to. Uh, raise your child with that person's money, just mm-hmm. as a. Yeah. And there's no specific for me. There's no moral judgment in any of the things that I just said. Uh, I I want women to have sex with as many people as they want, uh-huh. uh, for sure. Like or you know if they yeah that's yeah, I think that's fine. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's their way. Yeah, yeah. yeah and non-binary people. I want to have like I want everyone to have all of the joy mm. that they want to as without. Hurting anyone, right? Yeah. Uh, who doesn't want to be hurt? Uh, <laughs> yeah, <deserves> that too. <laughs> yeah, if, if you are into kink, if you're into BDSM, I want you to only hurt people who want to be hurt in the way that you want to hurt them. <laughs> and they want to be hurt. Uh, that is, and there are, there's people. There's people who want all kinds of things, and yeah. they you can find those people and communities, especially today. Uh, yeah. And so, I think that yeah. So th- to get back to your the point that you're that you made that I started. I think that I'm going to, I'm going to reen it. Re, 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 what is it? Reel it back in. That's the one. Reen it back in. Uh, uh, there's, that's not a word. I, yeah, if,
0: if that brings you joy, I want you to, uh, thank you to you so reen much. as
2: much as you want to reen. Yeah. So if in some sort of just, you know, rule-based way, you're like, oh, having sex with more people is bad then having sex with, the fewest people is, which also, I guess, you know, this isn't part of the joke, but like, Oh, priests are supposed to have sex with no people. Like, oh, the best people, the, the people yeah. who are closest to God, get no sex, get no physical pleasure. And that, because people also associate physical pleasure, mm-hmm. uh, with, you know, uh, not evil, but like sin. People are mm-hmm. like, Oh, like to, too much fun. That mean that must mean no good. The good being good and having good in your life comes from, uh, Less, you know, carnal pleasure, less Mm -hmm. physical pleasure, more specific other things like reading
0: and, you know, knowing God in a specific way that some that religion would say if we're Mm -hmm. talking about that. How did you go about doing this in a way that wasn't just I'm going to attack people for I'm going to attack this thing because it so often attacks
2: what I the way I want to be. When I started out doing comedy, I... Like one of the first things that I talked about was being a vegetarian. Uh, I, I think I wasn't maybe I became vegan right around when I started doing comedy, but I had a few jokes where initially they were about being vegetarian. Uh-huh. And then they, I started writing more and more when I became vegan. Like, oh, there are more jokes about that. And so that was one uh, one aspect of who I was or how I chose to live, uh, wherein I knew that most people weren't like, I knew that most audiences were not full of vegetarians. Like most audiences were majority, not like me. So, and I also knew that people saw vegans and vegetarians as like annoying. And so like one of the, and so in order, the question of like, Uh, even if I thought that what I was doing was like a joke that I have now, Mm -hmm. uh, is like, I I say I'm vegan and I'm not here to tell you that I'm living my life in an ethically superior fashion to you. I'm merely here to imply that. (laughs) And like, that's a joke that I say now, one of the first vegetarian jokes I ever wrote was like, Hey, I'm a vegetarian. Are there any other douchebags here? And (laughs) that is a thing where that was like, not, I don't know if I was like explicitly calculating, but. Now, if I can, in hindsight, look at it. Mm -hmm. Basically, when I say I'm a vegetarian or I say I'm a vegan and I know that people will have an immediate sort of pushback, some resistance, and then that that resistance is what's being played on when I say, are there any other douchebags here? Yes. Uh, because they're like, oh, there's two things. He knows, His, he knows yeah. that he is, he knows what I think. So like I'm different than them, but now I'm connecting to the thing that they think in the way
0: that they are different than me. Yeah. There's two other things I think, playing sure one that sudden reduction in their perception of your perception of your status so like all of a sudden you come in and you go i'm vegetarian they immediately think oh this person thinks they're better than me or, or might think they're better than me because of the way i perceive other vegetarians to be and then you immediately go are there any other douchebags you lower your status and then all of a sudden they feel sort of superior to you that tends to inv- invoke the laughter response suddenly feeling oneself to be superior in fact there's a i think um, i think that's aristotle's one of aristotle's Definitions of humor <laughs> is the sudden su- sudden belief in one's own superiority over another. Oh, you know, Aristotle, what do you think? You're better than me. <laughs> <laughs> now I know it too, so we're uh, even.
1: Uh,
2: uh, <laughs> uh, and so, I, I do think that that to, just to add a possible, not wrinkle, but uh, a slight tweak to that, is, it's possible that that maybe they think that they're better than me now because they're like oh he he knows number 1 sometimes meat eaters i think do think that they are better mm-hmm. than non meat eaters like oh you don't know what you're missing oh yeah like i i'm a big strong whatever uh but in this but also at the same time maybe there is either if not insecurity uh like there's a there's a joke idea that i have where uh people are like oh you don't mind if i eat do, do you mind if i eat in front of you like if, if i eat meet i'm like well where you eat it is not the problem to me like uh <laughs> and also like i'm not going to tell you what to do like i'm not telling i'm not telling you like people are uncomfortable like talking to vegetarians and vegans sometimes about this because i think there are so many movies documentaries books there's so much information like if you engage with the actual topic like you'll be like i am uncomfortable like you you know that you right. most meat eaters. If you look at what is happening, if you learn what is happening, yeah. you'd be like, I don't want to know this because it is horrible. Because mm-hmm. there is pain and suffering, and it's systematic and torturous. And like, I'm not telling you that. You know that. You know you know it yeah. all. Like, Ooh. and just me being there gets you like. They're like, oh, stop telling me all the stuff that I know.
0: Yeah. <laughs> One of the things that uh, that stand up does really really well, comedy in general does really really well, is it allows us to think about dark things that we don't, wouldn't otherwise face. It gives us that space to, okay, at the end of this bad feeling, at this discomfort, I'm gonna laugh, right? so you 're able to with stand up and with comedy if you, if you do right to to talk about veganism, vegetarianism, the suffering of animals, all that stuff, and then, but then you, as long as you deliver that laugh at the end, then they go all right uh, i wasn 't going to think about that, but okay no. and so the the reason that I brought up this particular topic is
2: because you know I have this my newest album is all about uh, the, the theme of not wanting children, which is another thing that most people. Uh, either, you know, I think that is a minority desire or mm-hmm. opinion as well. I don't, I actually don't know the numbers, but it certainly seems that society and people in society, in our society, view wanting children and having children as like an unselfish, positive, like that's the thing to do. That if you don't want it, then you're, you know, hedonistic and you're other and you're whatever it Like, hey, why, what do you think? Why not even, no matter what your reasons for wanting or not wanting yeah. are, and no matter some people who have kids, like half of pregnancies are accidents and regardless, but that's so the idea of not wanting kids, the idea of being uh, in an, op- an open relationship person or polyamorous, mm-hmm. the idea of being vegan or vegetarian uh, I used to talk about like being an atheist mm-hmm. for a while like all of these things were I knew that I was coming from a minority position yes where I needed to do or I wanted to do or like the most practical and effective way of coming at the topics were to come not from attacking from above Uh but come you know like from being like if if the people if i knew the idea that people would have or audiences would have or society would have a view of me as like bad for being different to be simplistic about it like oh i i have the negative i i am the the negative thing and so I'll come at it from that. I'll like right. come up and be like, "Yo, yeah, oh yeah I, I get that you think I'm a douchebag. I get that. I get. I get that you think what you think. And so here, let me also now talk about uh, what is as you know all that I believe and think and feel and see as logical truths that you also could agree. Like I know, I know, I'm not." I'm not out to tell, I'm not out to make anybody think anything. I'm not, Mm -hmm. other than I'm out to share with people what I think is true and funny. Mm -hmm. Like those are, Mm -hmm. that's, that's my goal in comedy, in creating jokes that are, you know, funny and true about my life, my experience, my views. And there have been people that have listened to my comedy about veganism and become vegan. There are people who have listened to my comedy about open relationships and become polyamorous. Mm -hmm. Like those are Cool things that have happened that is not that 's
0: not where i 'm like coming from that 's not the goal mm-hmm. uh, you put you clearly I, I i mean from listening to your material, you clearly put funny first uh, yeah I, I, I it seems like to me uh, I appreciate it i mean I think that the, the question
2: of first is—the question of what comes first is interesting because I think w-
0: the way that I like to—there's two ways that I start to write jokes. Wait, before you say that, how you write, because I definitely want to get into sure. that, I want to clarify what I meant. Sure. In terms of priority— in terms of, um, uh, like, not necessarily like the order in which you do it, but it seems like you're. I don't hear. I don't hear long stretches in your material where, like, here's all the things that I think. Oh, yeah. You you deliver uh, punchlines consistently yeah, that, that, that are, that are out funny. Of <laughs> I
2: I understand. I appreciate. And I'll also add that in creating material.
0: It takes a while to get all those. It it could
2: be. Like that, (laughs) you know, ultimately I might start, like if you see me at a place where I don't care how many laughs I get, like that's, I have to not care when Mm -hmm. I'm coming up with new material. Mm -hmm. Uh, Like, because if it's new, I don't know for sure. Like I can, I can write it and prepare it as much as possible, but you never know like what jokes are going to react get people to react right away Mm -hmm. versus which ones will need more finessing. And so, like, I have some – I do have some ideas, like, that are about gay marriage or about veganism or about, like, social justice issues that I care about that I'm like – I'll often start with an idea that I want to talk about, and then if I can find the – you know, find the jokes and make – and craft the funny around like, that. Yeah, then then that's great. Mm-hmm. And sometimes I just have an interesting idea like this is this is a thing that I think quote unquote should be a joke, but like when I I don't even know if it's relevant anymore because it was again from before gay marriage was uh you know as standard across the land as it was, mm-hmm. but when people were like gay marriage dilutes or like you know yeah. somehow infringes upon the the concept of marriage in general, sacred like,
0: nature of the institution.
2: So that, you know, if you have Imagine, you know, if you had like five straight marriages yeah, and then you add five gay marriages like now now marriage is like 50 percent straight. Straight, so that's like diluted. I'm like, but look, what's, why isn't the, why aren't people as mad about divorce? Because you have five straight marriages and then five divorces. Now you've got no marriage. Like <laughs> gay, gay marriage can't be as bad as divorce. Yeah, <laughs> it at least doesn't take away literally the whole marriage yeah, in, terms, yeah. in terms of its
0: uh, sanctity.
2: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I guess. Uh, That's a, maybe that's, maybe that's the way to do it now. Like I've never said the joke like that exactly, but up until this point, I haven't been able to make audiences consistently laugh at, I'm like, i guess that's just like a mathematical interesting Mm -hmm. thing but sometimes that's the way that my jokes start uh and sometimes they never leave that place (laughs) i often i always start with something that is either funny to me interesting to me true to me or what something that i think is valuable that i see in the world or in myself that i don't
0: you know that i haven't heard people talk about so let's talk about the monogamy the monogamy bit uh, the, the, you, you, start here with, uh, the, a silly joke about clapping.
1: Yeah. Right? Slap your <laughs> right? together. Easing, yeah.
0: Really easing them into, uh, that simple, <laughs> it's so, it's so silly. It's so silly. It is. Uh, I, I don't even like,
2: I guess, uh, probably that wasn't probably that came like later in the joke that what like I didn't set out to be like I'm going to tell a monogamy joke and it's going to be all about you know clapping two hands versus clapping right. more than two hands right. mm-hmm. but the way that I often create jokes is you know I have the, like whatever came after that was like the main point of the joke mm-hmm. but then when I'm starting telling the joke uh, I'm like well clap your I wanted to find out who these you know who like how many people in the audience did identify I guess or I don't actually remember because it was such a long time ago yeah. but the idea of You know, having laughs, having funny, silly things along the way to the other funny, silly things, Mm -hmm. or the
0: more important things, like sort of just uh, that that appeals. The the gist of your of that bit seems to be it's harder than it's ever been to be monogamous. Yes, Uh, and uh, and how and you then have like a counterpoint where you're like it was incredibly easy when we were when they were amoebas. (laughs) Yes, (laughs) Uh, and also then when you know when the first humans
2: existed, like literally, you know, if Adam and Eve is a literal story, Mm -hmm. then they could only have if it was only between humans monogamy yeah Yeah. uh and then but then also i think the real the truest part of this you know is that when humans lived less long it was easier to stay together till death the way that i often view that i I create jokes is Mm -hmm. that i start with like one snowflake And then I like pad other snow around it, like one line, and then I add other ideas to it. And I keep building it until it's like a bigger and bigger snowball. And then eventually you can like roll it down a hill and it keeps gathering more and more. And then it's like an avalanche and it's a big thing. You can carve an ice sculpture out of it. And I don't know if that's a mixed metaphor, but eventually it's this big thing that, you know, like if I have a chunk of five to 10 minutes uh, all about, you know, that seems cohesive, like one thing leading to the next. Uh, or, you know, just a track on an album, like most of, most of those, most of the tracks on my album started with like one idea or mm-hmm. two ideas that uh-huh. then, you know, grow and I grow together. And often it is starting with, you know, a truth, a thing that I care about, that I believe, how I live, mm-hmm. uh, that could also, you know, be an example for other people if they want, or like, I guess that's the the benefit of the way that I, I strive to do things is if I'm presenting like, you know, open relationship material and you are an open relationship person, you'll be like, oh, that is something that I re- relate to. I resonate with, that is connected to me. Whereas, or if you're a person who doesn't, then you can look at me as like this, you know, weird jester. This like, oh, like, yeah. hey,
0: look at, look at this weird stuff, everybody. And so I think- What by do you pre- do to accomplish those two things at the same time? Because um, I think that's a, it's really- um, I could see, because you seem like uh, a very thoughtful person with, with with a lot of opinions about a lot of different things, I could see it being really easy to spill over into preachy, which then can sort of inhibit the laughter response for people. So how do you, how do you balance that?
2: Uh, well, one of the things that I'm talking about in my act now is I have a joke about giving advice and how I don't like to give advice. I, if you ask me for advice, okay, I'll give it to you. But as, especially, would you tell
0: people not to give advice
2: uh <laughs> here's part of the joke is <laughs> oh. i would say i have advice mm-hmm. and you may take my advice oh. but i'm not going to give you the i'm like here's my advice yeah. it's, it's here i have it you can have it uh-huh. you may take it i'll tell you what the advice is but i am not giving it to you you must uh, take it uh, uh like you know the uh uh, I can only show you the door. You're the one who has to have seen the Matrix to understand this reference.
1: You adjust <laughs> language very well. Like you have this, um, you use like change of in, change in inflection very well. And I don't want to butcher you. Oh, shit, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. <But> you're, just, <laughs> you're too kind. You're just kind the enough. Per, I'm, to, <laughs> I'm the perfect amount of kind. Um, you have this uh, material on polyamory that I've seen live several times. Sure. And I wish we had. You know, but if you would like to perform it, it'll exist in the future. It will exist. uh, You can buy it on the next. You plan on having it to exist in the future. Uh, It has
0: existed in the
2: past. Yes, it has existed, (laughs) but hasn't been recorded. Great point. Good, good fun, everybody.
1: But you have this way of getting into your polyamory material, where like I can love anyone at any time, anywhere, just anyone. I can love anyone, anyone, and then it's just like (laughs) just that. That's just like the way in the door. I feel like you like your use of inflection in language just like uh, you do it for these like quick little laughs that uh, they, they don't need to have a point attached to them, but often they do. So you can get into your more opinionated material. I've just never seen a comic use change and inflection quite like that where i mean i've seen people do it in terms of like they turn into an entirely different character they're like ah and now they're a monster man but you do it like just
2: as a human
1: yes as a human (laughs) as a meat robot and uh it's uh it's very impressive to see and i just noticed you doing that
2: i appreciate that and to take that and answer your question uh jeff as to how do i do these things is
0: how do you balance that
2: Uh, is to, I mean, I do strive to not judge uh, because I I know that I don't know everything. Mm -hmm. I know I I might not even know everything about myself or what is best for me or what works for me. Like, Mm -hmm. have you ever been, like, sometimes I'll, uh, like, I came home from, tea with a friend the other day. And my girlfriend was like, how was it? And we had talked about some heavy stuff. And I was like, it was good. It's good. And like, I didn't really get into it because I was still kind of processing it. Mm-hmm. And then we kind of for the for the afternoon, we felt like a little disconnected. Uh, and she came to me later and was like, is is everything okay? And I was like, let me I do have to tell you everything about like what led to me being like this because she didn't know if Mm -hmm. it was about her. It was about us. What what is happening? Or like, it's sort of like, I have a joke about this too, but it's uh, mostly the truth that like, uh, sometimes I'll be watching, like watching something late at night and I'll start falling asleep, but I won't know that I'm falling asleep Mm -hmm. because I'm falling asleep. But my girlfriend's like, Hey, are you falling asleep? And I've had people like get mad at me in the past for that. My girlfriend now does not get mad. She's just like thinks it's adorable. But uh she she knows that it I'm like part of the joke is like, who knows better whether I'm asleep? Me who's asleep, or you who is looking at me, seeing me be asleep. <laughs> and that's kind of the point is that in those moments, like and in that moment when I didn't realize that I was putting forth uh, this particular, you know, vibe or energy because I was processing something, but I wasn't as fully aware. Mm-hmm. Uh, part of in comedy, the way that my, my goal is to figure out what I want and what I think and what I know and what I want to present. But then when creating the material, I put it out and I don't, I literally don't even, I can know everything about myself and nothing about anyone else until they laugh, until they ah. react, how they react. Uh-huh. So like the idea of if, let's say before I even had the the vegetarian joke of hey I'm a vegetarian are there any other douchebags here if I the first time I said on stage I'm a vegetarian not having really any knowledge that you know what if I just assumed and believed that everybody was gonna be on my side like hey it's a comedian let's listen to what he's got to say let's (sighs) let's just engage uh and be open and we're all different and let's learn about each other Mm -hmm. like if I thought that the audience would be like that but then I'm like I'm a vegetarian and then I'm like oh like people aren't like clapping or sh- like there's a there's a mood and so i at some point glean that i'm like oh they people have a negative association mm-hmm. with this kind of person the kind of person that they think i am because of what i'm saying to them so i will say something else to like stem that tide to like reel them back in yeah. to mm-hmm. reen them back in. maybe we'll edit that but <laughs> yeah so the i just that being like how about this? And they're like, Ooh, I'm like, well, how about this? Like, ah, <laughs> eh. And so it's, yes. it's a constant give and take where in the beginning before, before a joke or a chunk or an idea exists, uh, it's like, it's all just sort of, you know, in the yeah. dark, like, uh, here's what I think. Oh, you think this, well then here's what I think. And then you're sort of eventually like, all over the map, but mm-hmm. then have it, you have it like mapped out. You're like, oh, here, here's a corner. Here's a twist. Here's a door. Like, like eventually this. focusing in right. to the place Poly- where the other, the other analogy that I like to talk about, um, in how I create material, uh, and how maybe everybody does, but I can only, know, I only know myself, uh, <laughs> is, uh, I went to this summer camp that had, uh, pro- Many creative, uh, like sort of visual and performing arts. And one of the visual arts that they had was glass blowing.
0: Mm-hmm. And
2: so I don't know if you've ever done glass blowing or seen glass seen blowing, but it. there's uh, like, uh, it starts, the glass starts in liquid form. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like 2,000 something ish degrees, I think. Uh, and so it's like molten. It's like, if you, you, you start, you stick in like a, a metal pipe and you gather. So it a, tastes hot. It really does. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. You stick in this pipe and then you have to like keep it spinning. You have to keep spinning the pipe or else the, it'll like. Drip and drop off, and then it'll eventually in the cool of the air it'll uh, it'll cool down and then be a shape and you help you determine what shape it is by like swinging it and using tools and like mm-hmm. determining whether you want it to be a mug or a glass or whatever it is. And you can add stuff to it and like chip away parts of it eventually. And then you can heat it up again and it'll become like malleable again, but not as liquidy as it was. And that's the way jokes start completely amorphous, shapeless, like words and concepts and ideas mm-hmm. and feelings. Mm-hmm. And then you get, ga- you know, gather them with a stick. And then you're sort of like, like playing around with them. And then with you the have help- a jo- you have a joke stick. Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay. And with the help of the audience, uh, yeah, the joke stick is my tongue. Uh,
0: <laughs> <laughs>
2: and so I, you know, I play the audience with my joke stick <laughs> and uh, eventually like, oh, the idea comes to take shape. Like the first time, the first, you know, many weeks that I tell a joke or have an idea, uh-huh. like it might come out different the same concepts in different ways i might add concepts i might take away concepts and eventually over the course of months or years or however long it takes for a joke to be in its quote unquote finished form or ready for you know recording for a special or an album uh, or at least at a certain point, usually within I'd say like six months to a year, I'm like that's the way that joke goes in general. Like I'm always ah. willing to be open in the moment. Like at a at a really nice show with a, a cool yeah. audience. Mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. Rory Scovel was one of the first comedians I saw that inspired me in this way. Do you guys mm-hmm. know Rory? Yeah. Uh, yeah uh, like we in 2006 uh, we met at the Seattle International Comedy Competition. And I would, everyone, we were there, it was 16 of us in w- one week. We just, we all performed the 16 of us day after day for like six days. That was our round, our first round of competition. And almost everybody would do the same. We're supposed to do like, you know, anywhere between like three and seven minutes, like around five minutes was what we're supposed to shoot for. Yeah. And most people would just do their same five minute set the same way. You know, they're like their late night set. They'd been, they'd yeah. honed that. They'd practiced that. Right. And Rory did often, he, he never did the same thing. Sometimes he would have some of the same jokes, but sometimes they'd be in a different 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 order sometimes he'd like stay in the world of one of the jokes like longer like and then it would just transition he would improvise a lot he would riff a lot he would use the space he would like respond he would be much more malleable Uh and i was i was before that i just wrote a joke and said it the way that i said it i wrote it and i said it and if it didn't work too many times then i'd be like well i either have to change it and say a different thing or i stop saying it whereas with with him i was like he's like oh i could just keep talking. I could keep living yeah. this joke. I could keep being in the world of this joke. And so that would help me find the way that if I had an idea that I thought was funny, but an audience or lots of audiences didn't agree, I'd be like, but I think there is something funny here. And so I would sometimes like just keep talking about why I thought it was funny in a way that I, th- I previously thought would be giving away too much information, yeah, but well. that's what they needed to happen. Right. A friend of mine, I was this weekend in Chicago with an old friend from Boston who used to do comedy there And she reminded me of a friend's joke uh, And the, the friend is Renata Tutko she did, We also did comedy starting out together in Boston uh, And she had this joke That I'll just tell you the beginning of it She would say to the audience "She said, Do you know what job I think is The lamest job of all time And she said, And before I go on Is anyone here A university campus security guard
1: <laughs> <laughs> And then she says
2: it's a university campus security guard. Uh, uh, and the the thing that my friend Rebecca in Chicago said to me the reason she brought it up like she saw some of my shows and something reminded her of this she was like when when Renata would tell that joke usually people the audience wouldn't laugh when you guys did when she's like oh by the way is anyone here a uh, security guard? Like she's like the answer is a security guard. And so Rebecca was like and I'm like why what is it about Why did they not do the. How did they not get there? Why did they need the end? Like, that's hardly even. Wasn't even. Like, the joke could have ended for you guys. Yeah. But I said, by the way, is anybody. You're like, Mm. now you understand the joke could be over. Mm -hmm. But if the version of me that existed pre Rory, Uh like, I, I could have told that joke and been like, that should be it. That should be perfectly the joke. And the audience doesn't laugh. And what they needed was literally to be. Uh, fed this, the, well, like I thought you already had, don't you have this information already, yeah, but yeah. <laughs> to them, they don't, mm-hmm. they, they're waiting, they're mm-hmm. waiting to be, uh, like you, I'm like, don't you want to just grant, don't you just want to take it? Like go back to the advice thing. I'm like, Hey, it's here. You can take it. Sometimes they need to be
0: given the joke. Like they need to spoon. be yeah,
1: just told fed it. Or,
0: or another way to look at that. Maybe it could almost be like with music where, uh, you have, you can go through, uh, like, like do, re, mi, right? And if you get all the way to the top, uh, before you start over in the octave, you get to the leading tone. And in the leading tone, it gets like do, re, mi, fa, sol, la, ti. Oh, yeah. It's almost like you're like, oh, come on. Come on. What, this, just give do it away. <laughs> oh, yeah. And, and it's almost like with that kind of joke, you, they know the punchline. Mm-hmm. Um, they know it, but they want you to complete the song. they they want they're just like please just give us the thing so that we Ah, we have completion on this that's very generous uh (laughs) i mean i think and
2: which is great because we're talking about positivity like i think there's a world in which you could view them as like not like maybe they don't maybe they don't know maybe they really need to hear the thing but i like i like your reading of it that they know what's coming but something in them can't Like maybe it's
0: gonna be different. So uh, there's also there's another. I have another name for this too. I call these orgasm jokes Mm -hmm. uh, because uh, there's no surprise in an orgasm. You know, it's it's like we all know how this ends. Or well, after a certain age, hopefully. So like if you, but with an orgasm joke, um, everybody wants the thing that they all know is coming. It's still pleasurable, uh, and and the element of surprise is gone. Um, You might surprise them in the way in which they experience that punch. the the way the the the, the intonation or whatever Uh but it's still exactly the information that they knew was coming can i tell you a different
2: kind of joke uh that i like that and i want to know what you would call this i have a name for this uh do you want to know the name of it i'll tell you the name of it after (laughs) but so get me to the point
0: at the brink where i think i have enough you think i have enough information (laughs) uh
2: so this kind of joke uh this this specific joke that i'll tell you is by fred stoller do you know that comedian? Mm-mm. He's uh, he's from the '80s. You you would recognize him. He's been in uh, like a, a he's a character actor. He's been a guest star on so many TV shows. Uh-huh. Okay, you know, Seinfeld and Friends and like just you know, loads of shows. His comment here's here's a joke that is I'm going to paraphrase it as best I can that, that I love. He says uh, like I didn't uh, my my mom is mad that I didn't graduate. Uh, from college. And I was like, why, why are you mad? And she says, I just want you to be able to say that you're a college graduate. And I'm like, oh, if that's all I can say it. (laughs) I'm a college Uh (laughs) gagagua." And so that joke could be an orgasm joke where people are expecting Uh you to say him to say literally, I'm because the funny part is,
0: uh-huh.
2: I could say. I mean, there's several funny yeah. parts, so I call uh-huh. these Voltron jokes. Uh, oh, where it's like it starts out, you're like, "Oh, it's a lion. Oh, it's five lions. It's, it's a guy." Uh. <laughs> um, I think Nick Vatterot is. Yes. Oh, I love Nick at, at this yeah. kind of thing mm-hmm. very specifically. Mm-hmm. That which is wonderful for comedians and for non comedians. It gives it. It's able to because he like has jokes about jokes that if you see a comedian will often expect a joke they'll Uh be like oh i see where he's going oh god i didn't you know whereas but also for an audience that's not thinking those things that's not doing those uh you know mechanical guesses Mm -hmm. that's not being like where is this going to go that's just along for the ride he also presents them in such a way that everybody can enjoy like there's uh, I, do you know this joke of Nick's? It's something like he's like, you know, sometimes bathrooms and restaurants will have like cute names and like you can't figure out like if it's like animals or something. Be like, I don't, I don't know which one. What, what am I? He's like, I got drunk the other night and I was just tra- mm-hmm. spent 20 minutes in a hallway trying to figure out what am I? Am I, am I a kitchen or am I an
0: exit? <laughs> yeah, yeah I've heard this joke. And, <laughs> That's so and, good. And it goes on. because so, it, it leads you down the path so. Hardcore, it like, could, it, he could do wonderfully
2: the joke where he does say it's ladybugs and you know black widows or whatever. And you're like, wait, yeah, but yeah. who? Which ones? Which? Uh-huh. Uh, like, he could do. You could come up, and that would be like the sort of classic stepwise. But he goes like A to C logic. You know,
0: mm-hmm.
2: Mm-hmm. Uh, we're like, we don't need a B. That's the other one. That's for uh, non-binary people.
0: Bizz- I Bizz- what. <laughs> <laughs> so going going back to how you walk the line between. Working on the point that you want to work on and avoiding preachiness. I've watched you do this live at my show. It was such a joy to watch. My friends and I were commenting on it. You would say, okay, here's a thing. And then you would do the joke. You'd look at your notebook, do the joke the way you wanted to do it. You'd watch their reaction, analyze it, and then you'd be like, okay, now I'm going to make fun of everything that just happened and, yeah. and and get the room roaring with laughter again. And then you'd be like, okay, and now it's time to do some more work. Okay, ready? We did some work together. <laughs> Way to go. Mm-hmm. Okay. And I watched you reel them back. I keep, I keep, I'll, I'll say it right. Thank you. I, I'd watch you reen them back in and, 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 and get them laughing again. And you did it in this very positive way. You would do it like you'd be like, oh, don't worry. I'm funny. Uh, and you'd say a lot of times you'd be like, especially if it was a darker joke, you'd be like, everything's okay. Everything's fine. <laughs> everything, are you, Everyone's all right. Everyone's good. Everyone is good. And then you'd be, and everybody's laughing because they're, they're laughing at being upset at a joke.
1: Yeah. <laughs> and <I laughs> and then you'd, get,
0: and you'd start, start the process over again. And we just sat there. Like I remember uh, Teresa Sheffield, my co-producer at that show, looking at each other we're like, you can do that.
1: <laughs> yeah! yeah.
2: <laughs> oh yeah you you can do whatever you want i know yeah, that's what's so whenever great.
0: i see a new technique like that i or that i haven't seen someone do before i go well it's going in the pocket <laughs> I'll pull that out later yeah.
2: yeah i mean and it's not even you know i didn't make up any method of doing things i get it the same way that you know like you see yeah. jim gaffigan use his whispering audience voice yeah. and that's there are other comedians that also have been like, oh, I bet you're thinking or, you yeah, know, but incorporated
1: he, subconscious. he
2: made this specific thing his own, yeah. his own way. And like, you know, as long as you do something as yourself, that's true to you. Mm-hmm. Like there's, you know, when I saw Rory like live, uh, like make jokes, live further than I had seen them ever go, like mm-hmm. even just the day before. Yeah. I'm like, oh, I can I can continue to be myself. I can continue to present my jokes. And that that was, like, a major turning point in, uh-huh. like, that I don't even remember, like, how, how I... I mean, I know how I did it, but I'm like, wow. I, like, there was just a dimension missing. Like, I was only... Two dimensional, and I'm like, oh, you can turn the cor- you can go forward also? I thought you could only go up and down,
0: but now. Wait, 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 wait. wait. Well, I, I want to make sure I understand what you're saying. Yes. This, this corner that you turned, can you describe it to me a different way? I
2: can. I mean, this one in, in particular is that uh, the way that it used to be, I would write a joke. Like, mm-hmm. uh, so the, the set that you saw me do, where I was going back and forth between, like, here's a joke that I know works, that'll make you feel good. And th- I guess the, the things that were happening in that are, number one, I was trying out some new ideas yeah, yeah. that may or may not have hit because I didn't know because they were newer. It was just uh, molten glass. But yes, I also was like, hey, look, I made this sculpture that's definitely worth looking at. <laughs> like, so just, just so you know, I'm the kind of guy who's making things that's worth looking at. So now when we go back into, hey, what do you think that this is going to be? Is it something yet? It's not? Great. So there's those two things. Plus, I am... <laughs> probably maybe the most practiced at being funny in between jokes. I know mm. you
0: commented on that too. Mm. You are it's it's so good. You had one line that was I want to I'm sorry to get you. I you just, may. <laughs> mm. the, the, you had one line that was so great. it, it, it booming laughter. All you said was uh, you, they, they, people stopped laughing and then you said, oh, I didn't know we were done laughing. Okay.
1: And, uh, and uh, it just, uh, the room
0: just boomed. And then you were like, okay, great. We can keep going. That's so funny. And so for me. No, but, but, and, yeah. oh, and it was timing too. Cause you just said, oh, I didn't know we were done laughing. Like that little, that just like uh, short pause, longer pause, the, the rhythm alone. Thanks. It.
2: That's something that I don't even Uh, Remember saying and uh, Didn't like that's not I have Some lines that go in between jokes Now that are sort of Like enough that I've done them enough That I'm like oh those I should do do them As jokes Mm -hmm, yeah mm -hmm. Uh, like I hope Something doesn't work so I can Mm -hmm. say this thing you know Mm -hmm, Yeah like I, I will I mean my I guess this isn't a goal, but like, it's possible that some year, you know, like 10, 20 years down the line, uh, I could put together a, a set that's all in between joke jokes, like <laughs> yeah. no actual material, just like, Oh, if you didn't like that one, what one, this is the first one. Okay. Yeah. Great. <laughs> um, but, uh, so to go, so that's what was happening in that set. What the tools that I didn't have as much, when I was starting out, the only tool that I had initially was I write a joke and I present it. Mm-hmm. I couldn't guarantee them that I had something good because I didn't know I had something good. Mm-hmm. I wasn't as good in between the jokes. Like, you can only, so when you're a newer comedian and you don't have as many great jokes that, or g- jokes that work all the time or jokes that you're confident in, like, you can probably. Like get away once with this self awareness of being like, well, that didn't work. (laughs) Like, oh, it's supposed to work. It's funny that it didn't work. Mm -hmm. But if you tell if that if you'd say that after every joke, they're like, oh no, it seems like you don't have any jokes that work, and it's no longer funny that you're aware that you're not funny. Mm -hmm. Uh, Where so it's it's kind of it's funny when a comedian you know if
1: you do a bunch of jokes and you can like plant a seed though you can have like one of those jokes that like acts like that retort every time like. Jessel Nick has that opener in shakespeare it 's not his opener, but it 's like in the first two tracks, I believe, and it 's the thing about standards and practices mm-hmm. and it 's about and then the end of it is like if you like so like people that get offended at jokes are fucking stupid, and his persona can do that. Um, but it kind of just plans to see in your head, like, think about why you're getting upset every time you cringe at one of the next oh, jokes. Oh, yes. And he is yeah. uh, a masterful yeah. joke writer and performer. And so and perhaps
2: in the beginning of his career, like he might have had that idea, but it wouldn't have been as effective because exactly. mm-hmm. you need like it'll be the most effective to let people know why it's funny that a joke didn't work Uh when they have seen and, or at least believe that you're capable of Mm -hmm. doing all these jokes that do work. Uh, and I guess slightly different, the thing that I was saying that I learned from watching Rory and from my friend Micah Sherman, who doesn't do stand-up anymore, but is used to do it. And yeah. we did it in Boston together, and he does improv and sketch, and he's one of the funniest people I know, is that being funny in the moment is, like, obviously allowed. Like, I think there's some people who view stand-up as a symphony, like, mm. that you you write it in advance, and then this is the performance mm-hmm. of that. Like yeah. here are where all the notes are. Uh, like I have friends who do that, who yeah. don't like to, even if something happens in the moment, maybe they'll address it. But maybe they'll just be like, oh, that'll be funny to, to note for something for later. Mm-hmm. But uh, this is the, the five minute set. This is the hour. This is exactly how it goes. Right. Like, you know, Stephen Wright in general, you know, mm-hmm. if you go to see his show night after night, you'll probably see a similar show. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's he's created a symphony and he's performing it. And there might be moments in it where there's like an aria or something where he's like, ah, yeah, maybe here I'll go off book or I'll talk to the audience
0: or I'll do something else. But the bulk of it is a symphony. May I just say, I really now want to hear his aria. Oh, sure. Uh, his monotone aria. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Gloria. <laughs>
2: uh, and then the flip side of that, on like the other end of the spectrum, would be somebody who is... Uh, like doing jazz, doing jazz improvisation, like right, right, right. you know, like a, a Jimmy Pardo uh, mm-hmm, or mm-hmm. Uh, or Rory under some circumstances, like Rory. Rory does both. Like Rory, if you watch his special online, uh, you'll see that he has jokes that he's constructed. Yeah. Uh, but also, if you see him on any particular given night where he's not working on that hour, he might be doing like a character or multiple characters uh-huh. the whole time. He might be making things up in the moment. And for me, that's. Uh, I'm now at a place where, like, if I'm at a club where, you know, maybe people don't know me as much, I will be more likely to do the hour that I have, the Mm -hmm. hour that's polished that I'm working on, uh, as opposed to if I'm doing, like, maybe a more independent venue, and I can do whatever I want, and the audience is there, and they're good, and they're optimistic, and they're, like, they're comedy fans, and they're my fans, then I might be more likely to start off Uh, just being in the moment and see how long I can ride the wave like at your show, Mm -hmm. like Mm -hmm. where I'm like trying newer things and uh, telling stories that I haven't told on stage before, but that I am confident in that I think are interesting, but that aren't, you know, all beat it out uh, as comedy specifically yet. And that's that was the corner that I mean, I guess that's not specifically the corner, but that's where I've come to from turning the corner from opening things up to be in more color, in more dimensions, seeing that you don't have to, if you don't want to, like you certainly can write a joke, tell a joke, write a joke, tell a joke, write a joke, tell a joke, do your whole set full of jokes that you've written. And Mm -hmm. that's probably a good place to start. Like that's a good, if you're starting out doing comedy, uh, I recommend having jokes that you want to try on stage rather than just having topics that you want to talk about. Mm -hmm. Uh, but having those jokes and then if a joke doesn't, if you think a joke is funny, but the audience doesn't, you can still, you can stay with that and talk about it and react to it. And that's the thing that I learned mm-hmm. from watching Rory. Uh, mm-hmm.
0: Cool. Thanks for sharing that, man. Of course. Yeah. Love it. Thanks for asking.
1: Come on, let's talk about sex.
0: Hey there, thanks so much for listening to our little bonus episode with Mike Kaplan. He's great, right? That guy, oh man, he's done so much. If you're interested in learning more, look at those show notes. There's links and a list of all the stuff that he's been up to. Actually, that's not true. It's not even close to all of what he's done. He's got specials and albums. Listen to them. They're very, very funny. Also, if you're feeling any gratitude toward... The show for I don't know if it's helped you with your stand up or if it's just been really entertaining or maybe even inspired you to start stand up. We will take your gratitude. You can express that uh, by going over to patreon.com forward slash let's talk about sets. Again, that's patreon.com forward slash let's talk about sets. The link to that is in the show notes. You can sign up to be an ongoing donor, five bucks a month, or whatever you think it's worth to you. It's the cost of, I don't know, one open mic in New York. And if you want to see live comedy, head on down to Brick Comedy. That's in the back of the very fantastic Latin vegan restaurant called V Spot. It's at 12 St. Mark's. I think you'll be surprised and impressed by what you see. Tristan Smith and I have spent the last few months renovating and it's pretty cool. We're pretty proud of what we've done and also we've been gathering together some of the best independent producers of live comedy in New York City. Now we have shows five nights a week. Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, Friday, and Sunday. We've got shows sometimes at 7, sometimes at 9. If you want to check out the shows that i produce with Teresa sheffield those are on monday and tuesday both of them at 9 p.m again that's at 12 st mark's in the back of v spot thanks so much hey have a wonderful vacation over the summer whatever it is you do i think that's it from me thanks
1: Sets!